Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be talking about the BET Show 20s. We are joined today by cast members Jojo T. Gibbs, Christina Elmore, and Gabrielle Graham. And Jojo, I wanted to start by actually talking about the, the physicality of your character because she's got so much confidence and, and kind of almost a swagger to her and the way that you perform Hattie. And I really love watching those elements of the physical side of, of how you bring that confidence to life and was interested in, in how you really found that side of her when you were developing her as a character and first filming scenes in season one? Well, um, first and foremost, that's all me. You know, uh, I, I am the swag. So now I'm joking. <laughs> she, um, you know, uh, Lena has swag. So she was, that was kind of written to the character initially anyway. And um, also, you know, I probably, you know, have been inspired by people in my life. My, my stepfather, for instance, his, his nickname is Silk for, you know, reasons I'm sure you can assume, like he's smooth, you know, so he's, uh, he's, his name is Silk. That's what we call him. And he's always been a cool dude, very energized, very confident. And, you know, I'm sure I probably picked up some of his mannerisms. And also I was working with children at the time, um, right before I started uh, shooting 20s. And, you know, I think for Hattie, having worked with kids and being able to see a multitude of personalities and different demeanors um, at once as a teacher, as a long-term substitute teacher, um, I, uh, I kind of integrated, you know, some of the things that I saw the kids do, like, you know, kids have swag. A lot of kids have so much energy and imagination now, and they have access to so many things on the internet that, you know, they'll do something that'll surprise you sometimes. And I'm, I'm sure I probably imitated some of the things they did as well. I love that. And, and Christina, almost on the opposite side of the spectrum with Marie, she's someone who's just holding everything so tightly within herself and, and really is trying to create order in a chaotic world. Um, and the, the side of that that I wanted to ask you about are those moments where she does kind of fall apart a little bit to build herself up because it feels like she has to kind of let a lot more go in order to rebuild the pieces back together. And so when you yeah. first shaped her as a character, how did you want to find those moments where she kind of lets loose, lets things go a little bit in the way that that's a real rebuilding process for her? Um, first of all, are you saying Marie don't have swag? Um, <laughs> that's what you're saying. <laughs> no, but she doesn't. So it's fine. <laughs> no, I, I, I think you're right on it in that it is, I think of it sort of like a sort of a, a pressure when the pressure gets too high in a pot and you have to sort of release a little bit um, or the why things will bubble over. And I think she and I are very similar in that way in that I can control anything. I can make anything happen and anything can go right if I just put my mind to it. But when things start to get chaotic and I start to feel like I'm losing that control, some things have to get let go. And I think Marie struggled with trying to figure out which of those things she can afford to let go before she loses control over everything. Um, and so I really find those moments when she does kind of lose control and she does kind of fall apart um, and who's seeing, who's not seeing, who's allowed in, who's not to be really delicious and fun as an actor, um, even more so than the moments where she's pulling it all together tightly. I think because I need more myself of those sort of fall apart moments. So I get to experience them through her. <laughs> and Gabrielle, when it comes to, to Nia, 
Um, it's been really fascinating to watch her relationship with fear of failure and the way that at the beginning, that was something that was holding her back from pursuing what she wanted to creatively a little bit. And that's obviously something that even as you kind of overcome it, it never fully goes away, but it feels like it's less of a driving factor as, her, as a character. And so how have you viewed that journey and that trajectory and kind of the reestablishment of, of how it manifests in a different, more quiet way for her at this point in the show? Yeah, I mean, I think in the beginning of the story, she's like the show, she starts off like on a like a 10 because she books Coco's Butter. And I think like, especially when you book something, you feel like you feel the best. You feel great and like you can take anything on. And so I think like that drive to like prove to herself that she can that she can make it and prove to her family that she can make it like helps her continue to push through those failures and give her a little bit more confidence to push through even though like each time like every scene there's like a little bit of deflation in like in her confidence I think like her intention on like becoming an artist is more important um and I think at the end I think she just realizes that like even though she was so focused on living this on getting and on attaining this dream like she was actually already in it because they're all of the stuff that she wanted was happening already and I think all of those things happened for a reason it was to make help her realize that that she was already living in the dream and for all three of you having spent so much time building these relationships with your characters but also the interpersonal dynamics with each other's characters you know you've also had the gift of the amount of time that you've now spent filming together as well and so how has the relationships that you've built off screen the time that you spend together between filming really evolved the way that you work together on screen the way that you kind of show up for each other as scene partners and the work in turn that you're able to bring to the table for one another you can go first, Christine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you saw my little in-breath. Yeah, you were like, oh, wow. <laughs> Talking about knowing each other really well. <laughs> I think we, what was so nice about working with Jojo and Gabby is that from the start, we, we, we felt really comfortable with each other and had a sort of instant chemistry off screen just from hanging out that translated on screen, I hope, I think. Um, and I think there's there's so much you're right about the friendship dynamic feels really um like these girls know each other and so they know what buttons to push they also know how to support each other they know like when someone needs a little a little more help a little more push um but when to step back and i think we've gotten to know that for each other and so it just makes it feel a little more authentic so it was always there in the writing but now i think it shows up in our mannerisms and then the way we touch each other, like like physically touch each other in scenes, um, feel more comfortable just sharing the space. Um, I also think we just are able to do things in fewer takes um, as time has gone on, just because we understand our characters, the world of the show a bit more, um, but then also each other and what that Jojo's always gonna have a button and she's always gonna improv something that's gonna be hilarious. And now I don't break as much when that happens because I, I know something good is coming. <laughs> so things like that. Um, and that, and just sort of, as we start to live in the world of the show and in the characters, it starts to feel more like home. Um, yeah, I would, I would completely agree with Christina. I think that initially we, I feel like we were so spoiled, you know, from even from the casting um, experience, everybody was so like jailed together. And like, we didn't meet Gabby until we got to set pretty much. Well, no, we met each other at, at oh, yeah, the, we, we like hung out, out once. Yeah. yeah, we hung out once. 
and the, the like the energy was just there I was like how did they know you know because we hadn't uh, <laughs> met Gabby at the chemistry read but when we met her it was just perfect and you know I do wish I wish you live closer. I mean, you live in a whole co- different country, but it's like same <laughs> continent, different country. Um, but I, you know, I wish Gabby lived in LA. You know, I don't know if Gabby wishes she lived in LA. But. I do. I was <laughs> like, I'd like to be as far away as possible. From I know. Me. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I would love to live in LA. I was for going for personal benefit. Time. I want Gabby in LA. <laughs> I was going to come to LA too, but then, yeah, it didn't make sense for me. But yeah, no, I think, I just think everyone's so down to earth. I love that everyone's so down to earth. And I was like, so freaking nervous. And Christina and Jojo made me feel so comfortable. So I think the fact that everyone's real and like, just honest and chill, I think it helps so much with the, with the chemistry. Yeah. It's one of those unicorn shows where there's no, like, there's no problem person, you know, like, there's always somebody you're like, oh, it's so great working with such a thing. No, but like for us, I mean, every, the crew, the cast from yeah. top to bottom, there's no like problem, which is so rare. Yeah, I feel like when we get back to shooting, it's like hanging out with friends from college, you know, like it's not, there's no angst or like awkwardness or it's just like we fall back into place. And that's what yeah. I, I really love about um, working with these two as well as, you know, everybody involved in the show. It, like the overall energy of the show is really great, honestly. Yeah. It is and it. That, that dynamic really comes across on, on screen. So I love hearing all of that. And Jojo, coming back to, to Hattie a little bit more, you know, and, and that projection of everything's great, everything's fine, that exuberance of confidence. What I love about your performance is you do still allow for, for the cracks in the surface and the moments where even if she's not saying out loud, you know, my career is not quite where I want it to be, or, you know, I wish I had my own place that, that we get that sense of that inner dialogue in her as a character. And so how do you find those those kind of quiet moments and the ways that you really want to allow that to come to the surface a little bit in your performance even if she's not expressing these things out loud as a character um in regards to that I just think I can really personally relate to Hattie in in that as uh as I was pursuing my own career it took a you know I was broke I was very 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 broke you know and I had to still feel confident enough that this is where I was supposed to be and this is what I was supposed to do, even though things were crumbling and falling apart. But it I, it, it was like crumbling, but all into place in a weird way. It's like if, 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 I don't know, like how, I don't know, mountains are made, I guess, you know, like it's an erosion or like, you know, it's transitions happen and, you know, through transitions there, you know, it's, no transition necessarily is going to be easy. So I think I had to build a confidence in myself that regardless of what obstacles I faced through the process of pursuing an acting career, that there was going to be, you know, green acres on the other side. Um, and so I think I I had an easy time relating to Hattie in that, in that you know, even when presumably presumably nothing is going right everything is going right you know because when I look back on things now and I'm sure Gabby and Christina can relate a lot of the things that I at the time assumed to be failures ended up being like redirections in the right direction and you know I had to really you know reflect on those things and now I don't get frustrated by 
failure or no's, you know, um, because I know it was the right no and it was the right, you know, failure, I guess, you know. Um, so yeah, I could just really relate to Hattie finding happiness in in the storm, you know. I My first three years in LA, I was very unsure, very poor, <laughs> like, but I was still happy. Like I, I still, you know, I, my apartment had no furniture. I had one pan. I had to cook everything one at a time. I like got behind three months on rent one time, but nothing, once you realize, and I think that's kind of something people have gone through in 2020 was realizing that you'll be okay. You know, yeah, the bills are due, but I'm alive. And, you know, yeah, I don't have money to eat what I want necessarily, but I, I got money to eat. And, you know, it was just things like that, like finding the silver lining a lot. And, um, yeah, it's just, I guess I was able to like, you know, seep that into the character. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and Christina kind of coming back to what you were talking about a little bit more with Marie as well. You know, she, she spends so much time doing things that she thinks other people need her to do. And also being who she thinks other people need her to be in a regard as well. But then through the friendship side of things, you get to kind of explore that side where the veneer comes off in a really different way. And so it's really beautiful to watch that side of her. Um, but as an actor, does that really allow you a lot of scope to really kind of almost build these two different sides of who a character is going to be depending on which space they're in? I think it was a good reminder as an actor that there's no character that doesn't have multiple facets of their personality that some people get to see and some people don't. I think it's easy, um, especially in a half hour, 30 minute situation to feel like this character needs to be one thing all the time so that we all know who she is in the group. Um, and I'm just really grateful for the writing of the show that I didn't have to mine it all out myself or figure out how those little of when she's vulnerable and those peaks of when things aren't quite going right come out. Um, it's there in the writing. And then I got to have fun and play and explore that. But it helped me keep in mind that there's no character I will ever play that shouldn't, that we shouldn't sort of see that from, um, that we all put on a mask for work and for um, our, to build our career and whatever that is. And we all do that for certain people in certain places. And then who do we allow ourselves to be our full selves with? Um, is really an important question, I think, for anybody I ever play. And so it was nice to learn that with Marie and to sort of figure out the moments where she breaks. Um, and it made it just more fun to do a little bit more, not be doing the same thing all day. I really love that. And, and Gabrielle, one of the things that I'm always impressed at is, are the scenes and the moments where we're seeing you give a performance within a performance. So when Nia's, you know, rehearsing lines at home or at a table read for a project, that's a performance of her as a character giving a performance of her playing another character. And you're also working with really small snippets of dialogue. It's not like you've got kind of a really broad context of what that scene is going to be, what that project's going to be. And so it's really fascinating. In, in how you approach those particular moments, particularly because it's telling us as an audience so much about how she views herself creatively and the, the stories that she wants to tell, the, the way that she wants to express herself. Mm -hmm. I think she just takes herself, she takes acting really seriously mm -hmm. and she takes like being prepared really seriously. Um, so I think like, and that preparedness, I think automatically gives you more confidence. And so she wanted to come into that reading, like giving her best and, and she did. And like, and just because I can relate to it personally, like I know what it is to like drill the lines and like go over it 
in different like voices and like try this out, try this out. But then on the day, it never comes out like the way that you imagined it to be. Um, <laughs> as confident as you are on that day. Um, but yeah, and it was really fun. It was fun. I'd like that part where I was doing running the lines. Like I literally said that same line like over and over and over again in different ways. It was really <laughs> And in watching all of these three characters over the first couple of seasons as well, it's really beautiful to watch the evolution and watch the changes in them. And yet if you watch the most recent episode in the first episode, they're still so true to each other as, as characters. Um, and so it's really about those nuances rather than making them become new people, making them become completely different. And so how have all three of you really navigated that space of what are the nuanced and, and minute changes that they're making episode by episode, but still what are the main facets at their core that are still kind of always going to be there? Mm. I don't know. I think everyone has like, um, like people just have essences. Like they have like this mm -hmm. like personality or thing about them that can't be explained. And I think that's applied to characters too. Like there's an essence about that character. And I think the nuances come from like, well, for Nia specifically, it comes from those little, I guess those little failures that um, like Jojo was saying before, like kind of redirect or like change her for the better. And I think it only makes her, it brings her character out more, those, those little things that happen without the, the show. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love that the writers uh, second season, um, you know, took an opportunity to show a, a different side to Hattie and, you know, a few other characters that, um, you know, shows the complexities of people's personalities. Like we're all layered people. Um, you know, and a lot of times the way that we are, especially as adults is a, you know, due to, uh, circumstances that we've experienced throughout our lives. Um, and I know that, you know, touching on Hattie dealing with her father, I think that that could explain, you know, a few things from first season and, you know, her, her relationship with her mother, her relationship with love, you know, Chuck and Marie's relationship. Um, you know, I'm sure some things are explained you know, through uh, Chuck's experience and coming out. And yeah, it's just, it's like, I, I think that, you know, once you read the words on the page, it's kind of like as actors, we just adjust, you know, and give the character whatever it is that they're trying to portray in that moment to the best of our ability, to the best of my ability, you know. But uh, I do love the fact that they showed Hattie more emotional uh, in terms of like, in touch with her feelings a little bit more this season, just because even though you are funny, goofy, oftentimes, you know, that friend that is the life of the party or the funny or goofy or clumsy one, you know, they they deal with things too. And often, sometimes that's their shield, you know, to, to the world. Um, so I, I think it's dope that they show the complexities more of the characters throughout the seasons. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and I, one of the other things that I want to talk about is actually the, the theme of conflict in the show, because in actuality, it's so refreshing that it's, it's a show about female friendship and it's not driven by conflict between them. And when there's moments of conflict, it's about a situation and a moment. It's not actually about the relationship between them. So even if it's Marie saying to Hattie, like, hey, you can't stay at my place anymore. This just isn't working. That's about the situation in the moment. It's not because they're having a disagreement as people even. Um, and how have you all approached those moments where there is kind of conflict, which there needs to be for any story, 
but making sure that it always comes from a place of situation versus it ever being about the characters kind of sparring with one another. I think that is really realistic in terms of the kinds of friendships that I have. Um, I can't remember the last time I had a blowout with a friend that made us not friends anymore. Of course, there are times, you know, you kind of grow apart and you, it sort of fades, but I think as we've gotten older, these are adult women who care about each other and love each other and have a really strong history and bond. And the reason that they're so close is because they've been able to navigate situational conflict um, in a way that keeps them together. And so the idea that suddenly we meet them in a TV show and we're meeting them at their worst moment when all of them are fighting, they, there's no way they could be friends. It just doesn't make sense. And every time I've seen that in a show, I've always been like, then how are they friends this long? <laughs> They've always, if their personalities just don't mesh, that doesn't make any sense. And so I love that these three women are not women that you might even think would be friends, but then as you get to know them, you see that there is, there's a, a, a bond and a love that can't be easily shaken by, you know, somebody not putting the toilet seat down or cleaning up after themselves in the house or not getting the job you want. And that when there is conflict, we get to see them love each other through it. And yeah, you can't stay on my couch no more and you're being real trifling right now, but I still love you. So meet me at this diner real quick. And yeah, um, I don't know what's going on and why you haven't spoken to me about what's going on in your life, but I'm gonna keep asking because I love you. And I think that just feels like the kind of friendships I have. And I love that we're seeing three black women love each other um, and show up for each other and not be fighting over some dude or some anything. It's yeah. really refreshing. Yeah, I, I think the relationship between the three of them exemplifies like that uh, transition from like friends to family, you know, like you consider like how you would treat a family member. You might you might be a mother that kicks their son out, but, you know, that's still your son and that's still your mother and you're still going to have a relationship, but maybe you just can't be here for now, you know, or whatever the case may be. Or, you know, I think that once you get to a point of sisterhood, it is deeper than, you know, we just don't deal with each other anymore. I mean, it's, I think it takes a lot in terms of like, once you get to a level of like, I consider you family to completely detach yourself from someone or something, you know, that, I mean, you know, there are reasons why you shouldn't talk to people, you know, <laughs> like there are boundaries that you should create, but you know, you, you there are levels, you know, and I don't think that any of them would do anything that will constitute them not, speaking anymore um just because when you have history with people uh you know they're like their their character you know you should you know I, I would hope that you would know their character and that you would trust that even if they're having a moment of swaying to the left or the right off of their usual path that they would come back and you as well may need to reflect on yourself you know I think it's you know like any other partnership so I'm glad that they they show that that yeah, you can't stay at my house, but that don't mean I don't love you. That doesn't mean that I don't want us to be friends or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I love that they show that dynamic that friendship ain't, you know, white or black. It's like, you know, colorful and it's, you know, it's complicated. Mm -hmm. And it can, and it can last if I think, I think if it's rooted in honesty and like giving each other the hard truths. I know like I do that within my friendships too. And I feel like when there's drama and conflict, there's usually like something that's not, there's something hidden or something like 
like not talked about that no one wants to discuss but when you're like being fully transparent and honest with each other I think it's harder to like be consumed in drama because everything's just already out there and with that idea of, of sisterhood and family as well you know the same way that within your own family there's traits and characteristics that you develop because of the way that your parents are with you. There's things that you pick up from your siblings for these three characters with the amount of time that they've spent being as close as they are as well. I was interested for each of you in what are aspects or traits that you've brought into your character that you feel like they developed as a result of this friendship and pieces that they're taking from one another. Hmm. Good question. Well, um, I mean, I think Hattie has taken, taken, uh, you know, she's matured, you know, I know for sure her getting an agent that was, you know, through the encouragement of Marie and, you know, uh, dealing with her issues with love is Nia, you know, so I think that she definitely uh, is fertilized through them in ways that allow her to grow and, you know, develop different uh, perceptions and, also, chat like some like I think Marie is that friend that like pisses you off to the point where you want to show, but you also appreciate them pushing you. You know, it's like that teacher that you didn't like most of the year, then they end up being your favorite teacher. You know, it's like I really love the fact that you love me enough to push me hard. And then Nia is the teacher that was just sweet, just. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just thank you for being kind. It's sweet. I love you. <laughs> And we all need that friend too. I think, you know, if I had to point out my two friends like that, my friend Rashonda is the sweet one. My friend Salita is the blunt. Like, I love you. And that's why I'm telling you the truth. And I'm going to be honest. But we have also had to be like, look, it's the way you say things sometimes. <laughs> but it's all coming from a good place, you know, and both of those people um, help you grow and develop. So I think that's what Hattie gets from those two characters. Yeah, I honestly don't know. I can't. Oh, so we haven't had no influence? Okay. Yeah, you like <laughs> Mia is grounded. Mia is... Mia like, don't need nobody. She She's just a perfect human being. <laughs> <laughs> Mia said, I got my crystals. I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but for real though, you don't really... Uh, no, no. Let me what, what do you think? What do you, what do you tell me? What do you more so first season? Um, I don't know. I think Nia needed help with her confidence, and you know, she probably that filtered through from Marie and Hattie. Mm -hmm. But if you don't agree, then you know, that's oh, I agree. No, whatever your perspective is, I totally see that. Okay, yeah, the yeah, the encouragement of like, yeah, of yeah. That encouragement from 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 Tristan too. Yes, yeah, exactly. And then the second season, Nia flourishes and is confident, and it's like I'm here, you know. So, I do think I do think that. And then Marie, why am I okay, Christina? Sorry, I'm about to take your spotlight. <laughs> In so many ways. <laughs> no, but I think I think. You see in scenes, you see Mia encouraging Marie to, to calm down, to like cool her chakras down. And you see um, Hattie, just Hattie's confidence in literally going the wrong direction in so many ways and somehow making it to the end of the race. 
Marie just doesn't understand that. I think that she she literally can't look at Hattie and be like, how are you finding success? How are you okay? How are you not crying yourself to sleep? And I think um, that kind of confidence is what she thinks she has, but she doesn't. So she sees it in Hattie and really envies it and tries to incorporate it. Yeah, I think second season, Chuck really influences Marie too, mm. um, to be who she wants to be, you know. Um, I think like Marie is like a good example of someone who, um, you know, feels like they have to uh, follow follow the rules, you know. And when Chuck kind of breaks the rules in terms of like, you know, not following along with what he feels like he should be out loud in society, um, I think that really did encourage Marie. And we'll, I mean, you know, we'll see where that leads in third season. But like, you know, I think it encouraged her to be more loose and more more uh free you know I mean we'll see I don't know what's gonna happen with Marie but (laughs) I would say from the end of season two that seemed like she took a lot of um a lot of the cues from Chuck well I can't wait to see where all of these characters go individually and through their relationships with one another into the next season thank you so much to all three of you for sharing all of this today it's been such a pleasure thank you you. yes